Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Are you looking to provide biblically-based hope and healing to your community? Bob Kellerman is here to assist you with practical tips and thorough steps. His newest releases, Gospel-Centered Marriage and Gospel-Centered Family Counseling, will equip you to utilize your theology in a way that transforms relationships. To learn more about these books, please visit BakerBookHouse.com. BakerBookHouse.com. Welcome back to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this podcast. And with me today, I have Lauren. Lauren, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah, it's been wonderful just to get to chat with you for just a few minutes before we recorded. And can you just tell us a little bit about your life, marriage, ministry, and what are you working on ministry project-wise these days? Sure. Yeah, my name is Lauren Whitman. Um, I currently live in Pennsylvania, but I grew up in Florida. I became a Christian um, right before I turned 20 when I was in college. Um, so, yeah, at that time, I was just really in a place of deep need and, and desperation and hadn't really been familiar with the Christian faith and ended up finding much more than I was looking for when, when Christ found me. And um, at the time, yeah, I was just so astounded by uh, his love and passion and mercy. And, um, yeah, I was just so grateful uh, for his intervention in my life that I gave my life to him and uh, have never looked back. So it's been almost 20 years now that I've been Christian and um, I have been married uh, almost 14 years. I'm married to Chad who I met um, at church um, following uh, college. I knew we met in my way um, and we have two beautiful children. Um, Ministry-wise, I work at a counseling organization called the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation that is um, in the Philadelphia area in Pennsylvania where I live. Um, I am a counselor at um, we call it um, I mostly work with adult women and um, married couples. Um, I also work um, as an editor for the Journal of Biblical Counseling, which is a journal that the uh, publishes three times a year. Um, and I also write regularly for the journal, um, so those are some of the things that we over at Yes, and then um, in my spare time right now, I'm also working on writing another book that will be released next fall, Lord willing. And that book is on uh, counseling process um, guidance for uh, when you're working with someone in a season of counseling in a more formal setting, like where I work. Um, what does it look look like kind of moving through a process of counseling that has intentionality and, and purpose? Um, to it. So that my book will be out next fall. Oh, that that sounds really great. Look forward to reading that. Well, um, I really enjoyed reading this devotional. I know it's part of the 31 Day devotional series. It's uh, A Painful Past, Healing and Moving Forward. Can you tell us why you wrote it and how you hope it'll be received, please? Yeah, of course. Yeah, like as you mentioned, um, part of a series, um, there's I think over 15 books now in the series um, put out by PNR Publishing, and each one kind of takes on a topic um, and um, yeah, just to help people along um, in that area of struggle. So um, as a counselor, you can imagine that um, I talk with a lot of people who struggle with um, event um, things that have happen uh, in their past and so I know that um, the topic and the issue can be 
um, yeah, just a very real one um, that people need to work through. Um, so, um, yeah, that's kind of drew me to the topic, and um, even more so just because of my faith and belief that, you know, God cares about our story, uh, cares about events in our past, cares about people and our lives that have shaped us, and when those things that we've done or that others have done to us that have harmed us, I believe God has compassion on us. He um, is a God of restoration and isn't indifferent to things that people are struggling with. Um, it is devotional. It's a way for people who have things in their past that have been hard to recover from to connect with God through His Word and connect with what He has today to us when our past has been full of pain and mm. you can't know over 31 days to consider those truths and to take them in and to let comfort and the hope that He gives us a thing in that, that's that's really good. Really, really well said. You use the words healing and moving forward in the title of this devotional. You mentioned them at the outset of, of your work even. How do we not only heal from, but move forward from painful memories? Yeah, I believe that our relationship with Jesus heals us. You know, he's the one who heals us. And um, he starts that healing when we come to him and to continue to heal us over a lifetime. Um, as we all know, you know, Christians who are in the process of sanctification, we know that, that healing and um, is a process. And that seems to be how God works. We tend to, you know, bring about change in our lives, usually over time rather than all at once. Um, and so I sought to capture somewhat of that process in the devotional um, for those of us who, you know, need healing from what happened in our past um so yeah do you want i could describe a little bit of that process what go for it might, yeah. this might need to be deleted but you know this little question but okay so um so yeah the process so i believe that the process starts with being validated that what happens matters um it matters to you or else you wouldn't be struggling with it and because it matters to you it matters to god um so in the book i uh, draw out the story of what happened and i would do the same thing if i was as a counseling to someone and i'd do it with a friend you know it gives people space um, and an opportunity to share the story of their past and giving them space to feel the emotions that the past brings up. Um, and from there, um, where might we go? We might, you know, better how the past has shaped you and how it impacted you. Um, one of the things that come to mind here is that phrase, you know, having baggage from the past. Um, and what that, that phrase captures so well is that, you know, we do end up carrying things with us that are based on what happened to us or um, because of, of what we've done. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we have baggage. And um, But the thing is, you know, the good news for a Christian is that we don't have to be carrying that baggage. And that, and that starts with identifying what the baggage is. Um, and then, you know, moving to conversation to how can I put that baggage down? Um, and what would that look like and feel like if I, I want to carry it anymore? Mm. And then finally into, is there anything that the Lord would have carried that, you know, Jesus says that his yoke is easy and burdened and light? Um, he doesn't want us or ask us to keep carrying around the heavy baggage um, from our past that you know, we want to set us free. Um, so, yeah, so that kind of gives you um, a sense of uh, some of the process that I, I tried to capture um, moving through the 31 days in the devotional. Yeah, I think that's really, really important because I, I think that a lot of Christians, they do hang on to their baggage and that becomes, sadly, their, their identity. Um, I think this next question will kind of draw this out a little bit. How do we address painful memories when they come up and we seem to repeat them over and over in our in our hearts and our minds. Yeah, yeah. I think um, depending on you know where the person is, you know, I just talked about you know healing being a process and happening um, happening over time. And I think you know I have a different answer 
answer to that question depending on where someone is in that process of healing. So, for example, if you haven't ever spoken to someone um, or to the Lord about the content of those memories um, and you're struggling with them, um, then that then I would encourage people to bring those memories out and speak about what happened and, um, you know, feeling so in faith that God doesn't want us to bear the pain of those memories alone. And we don't have to bear them alone. Um, so, yeah, so if someone's earlier in their healing, um, then I would say this is a time to um, speak about what has happened and to invite others into your pain. Um, so if you're further along in processing what happened in the past, and sometimes people can have memories that kind of are like flashbacks that pop up and they're unwanted and, um, you know, if this person has done, you know, kind of work of, of reckoning and dealing with the past and they've already wrestled through it with the Lord and with others, then I might encourage a different response. Like, um, I've done this in counseling before, kind of like ready, um, preparing the person for, for, for the moment when the flashback comes by, you know, us kind of practicing a brief prayer together so that they have something, um, a faithful response ready to go when the flashback happens. It can sound something like, you know, oh, Lord, you know, there it is again, that horrible memory. And even now, it's able to remember it. But thank you that you were with me. Help me not to dwell on the memory, but to get back what you have for me today. So, yeah, just having, um, like I said, a faithful response kind of um, at the ready so that you don't necessarily feel, you know, like overcome by the flashback or, or paralyzed and you don't know what to do, um, but have a way to move through it. I think that is so important because I, I know in, in my past, I've had a lot of, growing up, I had a lot of emotional and mental pain and, and uh, it took me a long time to come go over that. So the things that you're saying for those who've gone through those kinds of really painful things, my parents got divorced in my teens. And so I had to work through that, you know, and those things come up, you know, they come up and it, it, they get better over time. You know, as you're saying, you know, talk to people, get it out in the open, be clear and transparent and honest and, and all those things um, that are so important. And, you know, when they do come up, you know, uh, having people just to, to share with about those things is just so really important. And I think that probably the most important thing that you said as a, as a counselor um, is you don't take a cookie cutter approach. You know, we like to think, oh, there's this one size fits all thing that it just, that just never works with people because people are so, you know, I don't think a lot of people think that way, but maybe we do in some ways. And just realizing people are unique. They're made in the image of God. They have different, as you said, stories and circumstances and things that they're going through. And, and so I, I think what you just said there about that is, is really, really important for people to just consider. It's like, you know, um, if they haven't, like you said, if they haven't started, even having that conversation, you're going to have a different conversation If versus somebody that's had that, been coming out, open, sharing about it. You're going to have a different kind of approach and conversation with them. So I think that's yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And that, um, yeah, something as, you know, biblical counselors that we really value is, you know, getting to know the individual and approaching the individual as an individual. And that starts with just listening and drawing people out so that you can really know them truly and accurately and not just, um, yeah, imposing them with your cookie cutter approach, but really taking the time to understand the person in front of you and responding to their actual um, places of um, need and hurt. So good. How does having a clear and biblical understanding of Jesus help us address our past? Yeah, that's a great question. And um, Jesus is so central um, to to our healing from the past um, because he is the one who, who ultimately addresses it. He addresses our past. We don't have to address our past because um, he is the God with, with all authority. And, and we do listen to what he says and um, listen to what he says about who we are and about what we've done. Um, listen to what he says about what happened in the 
about what the true remedy is. Um, because if we don't have a clear understanding of the, on those matters, then lasting healing um, won't happen. Um, as I said earlier, it's, you know, our relationship with him is like what heals us. We can't heal ourselves and have to come in that relationship with him. We can only get to know him truly as he is and what he's done for us through through the Bible. Um, Amen. <laughs> Amen. How does uh, understanding lament help us uh, to not only face but address the hurts of the past with hope in the Lord? Yeah, I talk a little bit about lament um, in, in the book and what I mean by that is, you know, trying to capture a bit of what we see in some of the, the Psalms, which um, that, you know, a biblical lament will um, be, you know, honest and open about where we are and what we're struggling with. Um, and so, yeah, just inviting people, you know, to looking people have to know that there is freedom to be honest and to struggle and God provides people, you know, that they to put to words real anguish and, and real heartache. And he doesn't say, you know, get cleaned up or tidy up those emotions before you come to me. Um, we really can bring ourselves to him as we are and can bring our hard questions to him, questions about him that we have, um, that we're struggling with. And, and as we relate to him, as we as we bring ourselves to him and our questions to him, you know, he meets us there and he comforts us. He lifts our eyes to him, reminds us of where our help comes from and, you know, our help comes from him and he reminds us what's true. And so, and you see that too, that movement um, in the Psalms where, you know, the psalmist moves to faith and trust as they're reminded of who God is and what he's done. And, and so a biblical lament will bring together these two two very real experiences, the experience of the pain and the experience of God's comfort where he meets us with uh, his truth and he meets us with the comfort that he, he has a way to deal with the pain in our story by what he's done for us in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And so, you know, we're connecting again to that story. Um, and as we do, being comforted and hopeful that our story is going to be more good um, because we are connected to the story of Jesus. And, and this is true and remains true even when, you know, there have been really hard things in our past. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's really good. You know, my uh, my wife's parents were, my, my wife's mom died of stage four cancer. I've had a grandfather that died of stage four cancer. Her parents were tragic. Her father was tragically murdered in a murder homicide. And so when we got together, yeah, it was awful. Yeah. So when we got together, we were two really broken people. And, you know, God's used us both in each other's lives and in a lot of ways to heal from our past. And one of the ways um, has been through lament, just recognizing, hey, God isn't people that have gone through those types of things often just retreat away from God because they think that he doesn't care and those types of things. But what lament shows us is we can actually bring all of our, as you said, bring all of our emotions and all of that pain. And and God hears us and he loves us and um, he can, you know, he has big shoulders. You know, he's infinite, majestic and glorious. And he longs to hear those those hurts and that, that pain and, and to wash us anew in the righteousness of Christ. So it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, um, the fact that our God, you know, wants to carry our burden, you know, for us and, and want to, um, yeah, wants us to kind of exchange. I use this image in counseling sometimes based on Matthew eleven twenty eight of just like, you know, we having people kind of picture and pray about just the exchange where Jesus says, let me, let me carry that burden. Like, if that's too heavy, you can carry it. I have the bigger shoulders. Um, and here, you, you take rest and you rest now because you can trust that somebody bigger and more capable and stronger is hearing you things that are so heavy for you. 
so it's just such a gift, you know, we have to have Jesus, to have someone in our lives who who, um, who not only cares, but says, let me take this from you, and I'll be the one to, to bear it. Um, it's just it's just astonishing love. Amen. Can't get over it. Amazing grace. <laughs> how, does, how does Peter's betrayal and eventual restoration teach us about responding to the events of our lives? Yeah, so in the book I use um, Peter's story as an example of the fact that, you know, whatever happened in the past are events that we as individuals respond to. So Peter's denial of Jesus is kind of the event, you know, that I'm using as an example of what would be something painful in his past. And, um, you know, and that happened, though, in the context of Jesus' arrest, which, you know, we're not that, that those circumstances were not Peter's fault. And when you have compassion on him for, you know, what must have been a really very overwhelming situation that he was in as he, Jesus was getting arrested and Peter likely, you know, wondering what's going to happen to him. Um, so I use this story just to consider how we have responded to events in our lives, lives so that the person, um, yeah, with a painful path can, can start to, yeah, just consider their responses and which of those responses were, were helpful and, and which weren't, you know, did they add trouble to their trouble by their responses. Um, and again, you know, this question of how did you respond just gets at this simple truth that we as people, as image bearers, you know, we choose and, and, and we do, you know, have a choice in how we respond to things that are happening. Um, Peter could have chosen differently, um, but in the midst of those painful circumstances he, he was in, you know, he, we know that he ended up choosing in a way that he regretted um, and that he later repented of. Um, so the point, you know, for the person with a painful past, that part of him considering how you responded after the painful event, um, you know, and to consider then, you know, are you, how are you responding now? Um, how did you respond then? How did you respond now? Um, and this can actually feel empowering, you know, especially when people's needs them because others have mistreated them to remember that, you know, hey, you, you have the power and that God gives the power to choose and respond faithfully, even when others haven't, um, you know, treated as well. Um, and that can give a person an appropriate sense of control over their life where it doesn't feel like they're a victim uh, to their circumstances. But that, um, yeah, God gives the power to, to choose well and faithfully to what happened. And, um, you know, but it can also be a helpful reminder for people who are suffering now because of their, um, their own past choices that were poor or that were simple, you know, that even when you royally mess up, like, you can make good choices in here, and you can respond well day, and that's probably going to look like repentance and humility and pursuing reconciliation with those um, that you hurt. Um, these are, are God's ways to respond, and they, they are difficult. They might be difficult, but the fact that, that we can choose in those ways is evident um, of God's ways to us, that He, you know, He provides a way out of the things. We see that in the life of Peter, that He found a way to move beyond his core response to denying Christ. Um, he was just repentant. He was commitment Christ moving forward. Um, so yeah, it's just one way, another way to heal from the past. Again, it's a piece of, of the puzzle of healing or, you know, a piece of, an aspect of the process is just there. How did you respond um, to what happened? Um, and to, to be, yeah, honest about that even and understand that, you know, for all of us, we usually respond in a, a mixed bag kind of way. You know, we can respond well and we can respond poorly. And um, and also then just a hope that, like, you know, you have a choice still to make on how you can respond now and, and what would a faithful response look like now. Um, so. Really good answer. Really good answer. How do we help those struggling with believing the goodness of God in the midst of facing deep pain in their past? Yeah, I think that this can be 
um, a fairly common, you know, experience for people um, who face a lot of pain to struggle with, you know, questioning God's goodness. And um, I think, you know, the first thing that I would want to do with someone who's struggling in this way is to really just listen to that person and, and listen to their story of the past. And um, in my listening, my hope would be to really represent the Lord uh, by being a concerned, compassionate listener and, you know, doing the things I mentioned earlier, just drawing, drawing the story out and, um, and, and myself just having faith that you know God is with this person in this, this process and so I don't have to you know get you know nervous or you know like feel like oh I need to jump in and correct you know this mistruth right now but um, but I can be patient with where this person's at and, and I can be um, understanding of, of questions about God's goodness good about God's goodness and yeah so I'm not shocked I, I won't recoil from people even though um, these questions you know it, it might make me feel uncomfortable um, and yet I want to, yeah, stay in it with this person, um, remembering too that, you know, a Christian will probably, you know, already know the right thing to believe about God. And so even even their willingness to, to be open with this struggle, like I want to, um, yeah, I, I, I feel honored by that. And I don't want to, um, yeah, just, you know, come down in some kind of, you know, feeling like I need to, you know, defend God or, um, you know, make this into some back and forth, you know, where we're getting to a theological debate about, you know, God's will or um, what God's will is and, you know, it can so easily become that. But I want to just remember that if I'm hearing these kinds of questions, one, it's an honor that this person is willing to share them because it's not easy for a Christian to admit that they're struggling because we know that, you know, we shouldn't, you know, question God because theologically that's not true. Um, but understand that these questions are coming from a place of hurt and confusion and devastation. Um, and so my priority is just connecting with the person in the, in the places where they're hurting and as I said earlier, you know, we're representing um, our, our Jesus, who is passionate, who is moved um, by his people suffering, and who draws near to us when we're devastated. So good. Yeah, some of the most powerful ministry, and I tell this to people all the time, is it's just sitting there listening, and then, you know, when somebody is sharing deep pain, just want to listen to them, and then take their hand and pray with them. You know, that I'm not, like you said, you're not taking that opportunity necessary to say a lot of things, but you're just showing that you're there, that you're a safe person at that time. They're going to come back to you, and then you're going to have lots of other conversations. But yeah. that, I, I personally have experienced that. Um, I have done that. And I've just seen over and over again how powerful that is for people. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think that, um, yeah, I, I mentioned this, but just, you know, being aware, too, that, you know, how you feel hearing people's doubts, you know, and if you realize, you know, that this, you know, oh, I feel uncomfortable because it's like, oh, I'm hearing, these, you know, these things that I know aren't true about God, you know, but... Then you're then you're more likely to feel like oh I got to correct that and you know I got to correct that person's belief or I got to clarify um, but that's you know probably coming from your own discomfort and so just being willing to yeah put put your own discomfort aside so that you can just be um, present with the person I think um, can be really helpful to kind of building that bridge like you're saying where you're not um, you know kind of cutting off that person from wanting to open up with you again because they felt like they kind of got this um, hard line response <laughs> from you when they were willing. 
How should the local church help people address the hurts of the past? Yeah, that's such a great question. Um, I would encourage church leadership to do, start with thinking creatively about um, what that would look like with their particular resources, their particular giftings within their local body. Um, it could be, you know, hosting a group for those who have been through the board. Um, you know, there's actually lots of types of groups that, that churches have hosted that um, kind of thing. It could be, you know, doing a short-term Sunday school class before church on what healing looks like when you feel weighed down by the past. Um, you know, for the pastor, it could just be being intentional to incorporate, you know, in simple, consistent reminders of, of how Jesus covers shame, um, maybe by highlighting, you know, a biblical character's past, like like Paul, um, as a way to encourage and flexible that, you know, God gives the people new beginnings, and God gives the people second um, and just overall, you know, being aware that people struggle. And just because that you're a Christian doesn't mean that life is rosy. So how can we as a church acknowledge that people are hurting and that God's people still need healing even after coming to Christ? And so just, um, you know, through through a church and a culture, just um, making it a place where um, Christians are safe to struggle. That's really, really good. How does, uh, how does the Holy Spirit help Christians face their past? Yeah, the Holy Spirit is um, so central because he, you know, God with us. He's with us now. He's with us always. You know, Jesus promised uh, his followers that he sends a helper. And, and the Holy Spirit is, is he. <laughs> he is our helper and he helps in so many ways. Um, for people with painful past, the Holy Spirit is particularly helpful in reminding us of what is true about God, um, how God feels about us, what God has made true about us by uniting us with us. Um, the Holy Spirit, because he is with us, and speak God's word to us. Um, and as we've been talking about with people with painful past who come to trust and believe is that, you know, the story that God tells about about them in Christ um, is the true story. Like that, that is the story that they can receive and believe um, about themselves. And that's the story of renewal, the story of a new beginning, the story of hope. Um, and the Holy Spirit just helps us remember that um, and um, yeah, be comforted by those true one-word struggling. Yeah, that, that's that's awesome. Great answer. What does uh, what does what role does reading scripture play in helping us to face the past? Um, yeah. Like the Holy Spirit, Scripture too is um, central because um, in Scripture we learn um, what the true story of our lives are. Um, and the true story um, is that Jesus died for us to make us new, and that the true story is that God is healing people, um, and that when we see Him, we will be healed completely. And, and so we want um, Scripture and the story that Scripture tells um, to be the one that we abide in and, and that we live in, that our mind dwell in. Um, you know, one of the things that, that people with people's past um, can struggle with is, is just, you know, past event kind of um, claiming authority over who they are and who they could be. Um, the lies and messages of, of the past claiming authority um, in the same way. But um, only God has that authority. And he has decided to bring people into the story of Jesus. Um, and that's, this is what we see in Scripture. That's the story we learn in Scripture. Um, and so one thing I might do, you know, with someone... I was counseling um, who was struggling with painful past is, you know, go to scripture together and, and read some of the stories that show how Jesus meets and interacts with people with painful past. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, and so when we see Jesus meeting people, we really want to pay attention to what he is like and how he treats people. Um, the key is to be, you know, a good, good um, example of Jesus. Um, you know, here's somebody with a shameful past. The key is was a, a tax collector, extremely hated, um, you know, he not a person um, of, you know, that, was, that would have been well regarded. Um, and, but what do we see in that story? 
story. You see Jesus um, stopping, taking notice of him, calling him by name, and then um, inviting himself over to Zacchaeus' house, um, and um, and even you know being questioned for that. Why would why would Jesus you know eat with that person? Um, and um, and yet he does, you know, and that's because um, of the fact that our past don't disqualify us. Um, yes, Zacchaeus had done horrible things, but um, that doesn't mean um, that he wasn't you know he wasn't going to be offered something new from Jesus. And in fact, Jesus did offer him a new life, and Zacchaeus received it. And um, yeah, so just connecting people with those stories where they can see for themselves, like this is this is really what Jesus is like. Like he's not um, yeah scared off or afraid that your dirty past is going to make him dirty. Um, and so you know he's so willing and more than willing. Like he, he wants you because he loves you. He wants to um, make your story, or transform your story, and um, and set it on a new path. And, and that's what we see um, in Zacchaeus' life and, and so many other gospel stories. And so yeah, that could be um, yeah, like I said, in, in counseling, that might be something that I would do with, with a person just to help them um, see for themselves. Like you know, this is what this is what Jesus is really like, and um, this is what he really wants to do um, in your life. Um, what he's about, what he's looking for. And, Well, Lauren, where can people go to find out more about your work online, either on social media or otherwise? Yeah, um, I have a website that has um, information about my work. It is laurenwhitman.info, and that website will link to the devotional book that we've been talking about. It will link to the CCEF website, where you can uh, find my articles that I've published in the Journal of Biblical Counseling. Um, I also will be um, speaking um, at the CCEF National Conference um, on this topic. Um, and that um, audio from the conference will be uh, available um, through the CCEF website as well. Um, so yeah, that would be the thing to go. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, um, there, you know, there's a lot that we could really talk about about this subject and just wrapping up. Do you have any uh, takeaways for our listeners? Yeah, um, if any of you uh, who are listening who, um, yeah, have been tuning into the conversation and have pain in your past, I just want to say to you that uh, the Lord sees you, um, cares about what happened, um, God will meet you, um, He is the one who will move your life forward. Um, and I'm just so confident of that because of who God is, um, because of who is who he's revealed himself to um, so I just yeah I would want some listeners um, who are struggling to encourage that you know your story isn't over um, because you're not the one who's in charge of it and that the one who is in charge of it is good and loves you um, he's taking stories and they're good um, and you can have hope in that because um, yeah he's trustworthy and he promises him to you about the future so yeah keep hoping in him and looking to him for me because it is his heart you know, to care for you and you are on heart hmm. well Lauren you've done a wonderful job in this interview interview and uh, just so thankful for your book it's very helpful very well written it's uh, a painful past healing and moving forward it's part of the 31 day devotional series which I encourage you to pick up this devotional and then go pick up the rest they're they're very good so thank you for your time today Lauren and, and for the great work that you've done in this devotional yeah, thank you for having me. absolutely I would like to thank Baker Books for sponsoring today's episode don't forget to visit the Baker Book website at bakerbookhouse.com bakerbookhouse.com for the latest releases from them. Thank you for listening to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. 
If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Servants of Grace, on Instagram at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.